Welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. has a plan and a purpose for every one of us. He's committed to bringing that to pass in our lives. Sometimes we go through the fire. Sometimes we go through the storm. Sometimes it's sunny and nice. But it all works together to bring about God's good purpose and plan for our lives. Thank you so much for ministering that song this morning. John chapter 1, verse verse number 14. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. I want to use a statement this morning. I pray that the Lord will speak and give the fuller revelation of this. God moved into the neighborhood. God moved into the neighborhood. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you, Lord, that when your word goes forth, it will not, it does not return to you void. It accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you for prospering your word and the things you sent your word to. Grant me a fresh anointing of your spirit so that I can minister under your anointing. Through your anointing revelation, knowledge will come forth. Your kingdom will be advanced. Your people will be blessed. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. God moved into the neighborhood. The word became flesh and dwelt among us, the King James says, which most of us have known if we've studied the scripture and we memorized it. But the NIV says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. I've been uh, preparing to teach next week uh, for the 
the Minnesota State Baptist Convention, and they asked me to teach on evangelism. But over the past few years, I've been focusing, and the Lord, the Lord has focused me in on more on missions and what it is to be his people in, in the world today. And so lately, uh, I've been reading, studying, praying about being missional, missional. Um, and when we hear that word, you know, automatically missions comes to mind. But missional goes deeper than, than missions. Uh, because it, it, it focuses us in on a different perspective of God and God's people. And so this morning, I want to, I just want to share some things with you uh, that will shift our perspective if we listen. And you got you to gotta listen carefully. Um, pay attention. Don't let your mind wander. I did want to say when I stood up, when I listened to Elder Stowe's message last Sunday, I said, wow, that man is preaching like he's campaigning for the church. Just, 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 you preached. That was a good, good word. Thank you. One, one of the young people in Liberia said, who was that elder that preached last Sunday? Uh, he knows Joshua. I said, uh, that's Joshua's there. Oh, he said, the man preached. <laughs> Thank you for the word, elder son. I know nobody's campaigning for the, for the church. Praise the Lord. Amen. I, I intended to say that. But I want us to, I want us to listen to this. I want us to hear the Lord because I, I've been hearing the Lord. It's shifted my perspective. And this, this concept will shift our perspective about who we are as the body of Christ as we enter into God's purpose in the earth realm. And I'm not saying that in the past we haven't done it. We've, um, what, ten, what has happened over the years is that we have, we kind of like got on the train that was already going and we moved on the same tracks. Um, and we stopped at the same cities and we did the same thing. Not really considering that maybe we need to stop and look back. And we started this process here in Tabernacle of Praise and and I'm not saying that we're the only church that has done this, but as we have gone back and, and, and we, as we've taught about sound doctrine and interpreting scripture in, in context and properly and rightly dividing the word. But when you're in a context, you tend to interpret things according to the context that you're in. Yeah. That's why, and it's difficult for people to change. You know, talk to people about changing eating habits, and you really struggle because it's a struggle for us to get out of the patterns that we've learned, and that's just an example. Um, I have an image that I wish I could show you this morning, and I looked and I was studying, I looked at the image, and I immediately said what it was until I read the explanation, and I asked my wife, uh, last night, the night before last, I showed her the image. I said, what do you see? 
And she told me what she saw. And I showed her another aspect of the image. And she told me what she, what she saw. Then I said, look at it. Look at it closely. She said, oh. And I did the same thing. Because I saw, when I first looked at it, what I'd seen, I saw a vase that was shaped a certain way. But when I looked at it, the, when I looked at the definition, when I looked at the meaning, you can pull it up online, just type in image of vases and faces. When I looked at it the second, the third time, I saw two faces meeting together. So we tend to interpret things according to the contexts that we're in. So uh, in Christianity, um, there are certain patterns that have been laid out, even in interpreted scripture. And it takes the Holy Spirit to, to really work with us and help us to see things in a different way. So how many of us have read this scripture right here? The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we, 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 we immediately know that, that uh, we say this scripture actually means that God came in the form of man in Jesus and dwelt among us. And we, most of the time, we interpret it as being among us. Among us. Yeah. We, we don't really talk about him, the, 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 the day and time that John was writing this, in the us that Jesus dwelt among then. We interpret it, first of all. We read until the Lord dwells among us. Um. We don't even read it from the standpoint of he made his dwelling among the people. So when I was reading this book, the author said, God moved into the neighborhood. And I began to think about that. God moved into the neighborhood. Think about when you bought your house. You moved into a neighborhood. You moved from one place to another place. Pray with me because this is kind of an organic sermon. <laughs> it's, it's in process. Uh, you moved, you moved from where you were and you moved into the neighborhood. But how many of us become a part of the neighborhood that our houses are in? We live in a very individualistic age. So it's easy for us to live in our houses and never interact with our neighbors in a significant way. Okay, now this is going somewhere with this now. Uh, so pay attention. And, and granted, sometimes it's hard because sometimes your neighbors don't want to interact with you. That's not your business. Jesus came unto his own and the Bible says what? His own did not receive him. But as many as received him. That meant that somebody, some people received him. So, so I don't know how organized this is going to be. So just, just work with me. I got a few notes here. But, but uh, I, I don't think this is going to be one of those sermons that I haven't preached to y'all in three weeks. So you're going to get three weeks worth of sermon this morning. I don't, I don't think it's going to be like that this morning. Because <laughs> I want you to get this. And I want this to 
continue to, to, to evolve in us. Because when you talk about, when you talk about evangelism in 2023, and you're dealing with people who've not been churched, when you're dealing with people who did not grow up as late as the 90s, was, and in church, there are certain concepts and certain words and certain things that, that we see and we hear, we sing about, we pray about. You know, I remember being a, a boy listening to the deacons pray, and when I started having the opportunity to pray, I prayed like they prayed. Until the Lord began to say, okay, <laughs> if you're going to talk to me, talk to me. Yeah, I'm your father, have a conversation with me. But we're in, a, we're in a day and time when people don't think they need to be saved. Salvation is not an issue for them. They don't even believe that there is a hell. So how do you win them to Christ? So unless the church, unless we're willing to change our perspective, we're, not going, we're going to continue to decline. Amen? What, what the Lord has shown me is that this is not about church growth, first of all. This is about the advancement of his kingdom. If the kingdom advances, the church will grow. But if the kingdom does not advance, the church will continue to decline. Amen. We would want to be, there, there are two types, types of churches that I've been reading about. Trans, trans, no, attractional churches, and we want to attract people, but we, we, we're, some of us are a little bit older to do some of the stuff that people are doing. You know, and I was thinking about this this morning, you heard me say, I am not wearing torp jeans in the pulpit. I'm not wearing torp jeans around the house. You know, I got a pair of jeans that tore, and I just threw them in the trash can. And I'm definitely not buying spending my good earned money on cut up clothes. But that's a different mindset. That's a different mindset. You know, it looks, people think that looks good. And so if we were an attractional church, fully attractional, I would come in here dressed like, like that. <laughs> I would come here with toe up jeans on, cut up jeans on, raggedy jeans on, probably some sandals on, uh, and some other stuff, you know. But I got suits, y'all. I pay money if I'm going to wear my suits sometime. <laughs> but anyway, you know, we're not fully attractional, and, 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 and we're not, in a way, we're not the traditional mindset. We're, tr- we're in that, we're in a flux. We're trying to shift. But the shifting that needs to take place is that we need to, we need to look at God and see God and what he's doing in the world and what he has done, what he is doing in the world from a different perspective. So now, when, when I'm, I'm talking about missional, one of the things I need to see and understand is that God is the original missionary. God is a missionary God who, who, who is on mission, who, who, who created the world, who, 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 um, created Adam and Eve, gave them, them an assignment, 
amen, to replenish the earth, uh, to be fruitful, to multiply. God is at work in Adam and Eve. God, ch- and I'm going to like fast forward. God chose Abraham. God is still at work. God is doing this. This is God at work. And through the Hebrew people, God said, I'm going to bless all of the people of the earth. And he does that. But God, and they, they fail because they didn't catch what God, and I guarantee you, the reason that the church is failing today is that we have not caught what God is doing. Amen. The church is declining in membership. Even mega churches are declining in membership. And and we, as leaders in the church, have made it about us. We've made it about us. And people are coming to hear us deliver wonderful sermons and to hear the praise hymn in the choir sing the most contemporary songs. And the people are coming in there. They're experiencing everything indoors, in the house, and if the preacher is good and the choir is good and, and, and now today, if you accept everything, then you get a good crowd of people. But you have to keep the crowd coming because you got to spend money on sound and music and the best musicians and you got to pay good salaries and you got to have a wonderful building. That's right, sir. That's right. So that then you end up compromising sometimes, not all of the time, or you got to have all of these other businesses to keep the church being what it's supposed to be. When the church was never the building, the church has always been the people. So let's 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 look at this now. Let me, let me. This is this is coming to pass. All right. <laughs> The sovereign God in Jesus Christ. He expresses himself. uh, uh, John said, in the beginning was the word and the word was God. Uh, The word was with God and the word was God. In the beginning, in the beginning was the word, the logos. uh, God, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit. God, God. the word was with God, and then he goes on to say the word became for This self-expression, because all of this is about what God is doing. God is expressing himself. God is, is revealing himself to his creation so that his creation can see him because apart from him, his creation has no meaning and no purpose. And apart from this self-revelation, his creation will not be or do what his creation is supposed to do. All right. So this self-expression, all right, takes on human flesh. He's dawned, he's clothed in flesh and blood apart from, except he doesn't take on our sin. God moves into the neighborhood of the Jewish people. Remember when you studied Jesus' life and ministry, his ministry is in a very limited place. And so he says to his disciples, uh, greater works than these shall you do. Because I go to my father. All right, You're going to do more than I did because I'm going to the father and I'm going to send Holy Spirit means you're going to go more places. You're going to impact more people. Everybody say impact people. Impact people. All, right. All right. 
Say impact people. God moved into the neighborhood. Well, why would God move into the neighborhood? Hmm. He moves into the neighborhood so people can know him. He moves into the neighborhood so that he can invite people to his house and they can invite him to their house. He moves into the neighborhood so he can interact with people and they can get to know who he is and what he's about. God moves into the, now, now this is already, we've read he dwelt among men, but, but we don't think of it today as God dwelling among us because we think that God went back to heaven and he's in heaven, Holy Spirit is here and he lives in us, but to us that he lives in are those of us in the church and we forgot the neighborhood. Got to think neighborhood. Somebody say neighborhood. neighborhood. And when we say church, even though those of us who've been taught, we understand that the church is the body of Christ. Most people, when they say church, they're thinking bricks and mortar. Yes. Moved into the neighborhood. So, so God calls us out and we establish tabernacle of praise and we purchase a building and we move into the neighborhood. Now the building is in the neighborhood, but where are we? Where are we? The building is in the neighborhood, but the building is not the church. God moved into the neighborhood. God came in Jesus. All right? He, 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 the word becomes flesh and, and, and moves into the neighborhood. Now, Jesus has a ministry on earth that lasts about three years. And says to his disciples, and he says to us, as my father sent me, even so I send you. So God is still at work in Christ, and God sends his church into the neighborhood. Not bricks and mortar, lights and pews, but his people. Colossians 1 and 18 says, talks about Christ being the head of the church and it says it says good there talks about us being the body 1 and 18 says and he is the head of the body the church he is the beginning and the firstborn firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy we are the body so if, 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 if God moved into the neighborhood, Christ is the head, we are the body, we're still Christ. Yes. We are Christ in the neighborhood. Still in the neighborhood because God didn't leave the neighborhood. Right. Still in the neighborhood. Now, some of us are, are catching the concept, but let's talk about implications of that. The implication we have to ask, how are we impacting the neighborhood? That corporately, then individually. Because if, if Christ is, is my head, I am his body, then I am Christ wherever I am, in my neighborhood, individually, and then for us collectively, same concept. God has sent us 
The problem is there is a disconnect in our understanding or our concept of being Christ in the world. That's a big disconnect. When we talk about missions, we talk about God sending us. We're going to do something for God. We don't talk about God has a church for his mission. God is already doing it. He wants us to join him in what he's doing. God is already working in York. He wants Tabernacle of Praise to join him in what he's doing. Do you realize I wrote up in the last three weeks, they're filling this, this, this neighborhood over here with new, new homes. They're opening up new houses over here. All right. We have a neighborhood right across the street. Sun comes out, you see children everywhere. See, we see people everywhere. All of us drive up here on Sunday. And when we finish what we're doing in the building, we get in our cars and we go home. Are we, have we moved into the neighborhood? Corporately, have we? We can come every Sunday and preach. I was thinking about this this morning. A lot of times in the quote unquote black church, our preaching style does not even equate to us really breaking the scripture down and really teaching this because we got to get the people hyped. We got to get you excited so that you stand on your feet and you say, Preach, preach. Jesus said, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. They're not who they're supposed to be because you've, you've, you've yelled at them, you've shouted at them so much, you've, you've excited them so much, they're, they're missing a very key ingredient of being my body in the neighborhood. Not out of the neighborhood, in the neighborhood. So if God put us here in the neighborhood, he expects us to be impacting the neighborhood as Christ. John says, John says, John says, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. How is the neighborhood going to know God? Are they, is the neighborhood, are the neighbors who probably don't own a Bible going to go to Christian bookstore and buy a Bible so they can read about God? They're not going to do it. John says, God moved into the neighborhood and we beheld, <laughs> we have seen his glory. So, so, so in order for the neighbor, John is talking about knowing God here, in order for the neighborhood that God moved into to know him, they had to experience him. Now we know that we are the body of Christ in the earth realm today. Jesus said, amen. He said, I'm going away, but I'm going to send the comforter. We know that Jesus is Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, but his body is still in the earth. So how is the earth, are the people in the neighborhood going to know this God that we serve except they experience him through us? They got to experience God. Now, now, for most of us, for most of us, I don't have my watch on, thank God. For most of us, 
we're still trying to become. We're struggling with our identities. We're struggling with issues in our lives that should have been put to rest a while ago. But because we will not put them to rest, they still exist in us. And it makes it difficult for us to display Christ. And we say, and it's the truth, glory to God, amen. We have a thorn in the flesh, but his grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. But how long? We want, God wants the world, God wants the neighborhood to experience him through his body that he put in the neighborhood. But we have our issues. We have our issues with one another that we won't even deal with, that we won't let go of. We have our personal issues. Yes, should come a time that even though you may be struggling with something in your life, you trust the Lord for his deliverance. And if the opportunity presents itself, the Lord will use you to testify to the fact that God is at work in your life. Now, 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 let me go back to this experiencing. Because in the neighborhood, in the neighborhood, God wants people to experience him. God wants people to see God wants people to see his glory, all right? Which does not necessarily mean that in the neighborhood, God is just going out preaching to them. God has come in the neighborhood. God becomes a part of the neighborhood. Paul says, I became all things to all men, so that by some means I may win some. Is this making any sense to anybody? Can you get a picture? So Paul says, I'm, I'm, I, I, I go to this group of people and, 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 and I don't grow, go with a judgmental attitude. I don't have to do what they do. Amen. I, I, I can still relate to them. If I go to the club, I don't have to buy liquor. I can buy a soft drink. Now, when I said club, in some of our minds, we already put up I'm not going to the club because Christians ain't supposed to be in the club. What you going to the club for? I just use that as, a, that as an example. You don't have to do what a person does to relate to them. You can be open and friendly to people. People meet me and they start cursing. Then they realize I'm a preacher. Oh, I'm sorry. I said, that's okay. That's the way you talk. I'm okay with that. I can deal with that. I can deal with that. Because I, I want to I establish rapport. I want people to feel comfortable talking to me. If I put up a barrier, it's, oh, you can't talk like that around me. Then I've effectively cut off communication. And then if I cut off communication... People don't have the opportunity to see the glory of God in my life. And that's what God wants. We've been preaching Jesus, preaching Jesus, preaching Jesus, but we've come to a day and time when people don't want to hear you preaching Jesus. You hear young people say, I'd rather, we used to say it too, but we didn't know what we were talking about. I'd rather see a sermon any day than hear one preach. What, what are they saying? I would rather experience Christ through a person. 
which is what we're supposed to be doing in the neighborhood. People are supposed to be experiencing us. So first of all, Tabernacle of Prayer said, and I don't preach long, amen, we got to get in the neighborhood. Amen? Because that's what God is. And that's what God's body is. And if we are part of God's body, we got to be what God is as a corporate body. We cannot say that we're God's body and we're not what God is. God became flesh. The word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. He didn't become a building. He became a human being and moved into the neighborhood. Now, individually, let's talk individually. So as a corporate body, we need to be in the neighborhood. None of us should be waiting for the pastor or for anybody else to say, let's go out. None of us should be waiting for the evangelism team or the missions ministry. None of us. None of us should be waiting for praise and worship. Because we are the body of Christ. Uh, first, uh, first Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 says, now we are the body of Christ and members in particular. That 118? Yeah. I think that's what it says. It might be 1218. Oh, got to be 1218. Anyway, that's what the scripture says. Now, we are the body of Christ and members in particular. So, so, so if God lives in me, and all of us say, Christ lives in me, what does that mean for your neighborhood? What does it mean for your neighborhood for Christ to live in you? And in you, Christ has moved into the neighborhood that you live in. What does it mean? What are the implications of Christ in you, in your neighborhood? Yeah, Tabernacle of Praise is the building, the temple. I'm going to get this, I got to get this chains in my head too and stop calling this building the church. Let's call it the temple or the sanctuary. It's located at 229 Wood Street, but that's just the building. That's just the building. Got to get that. Get that. That's just the building. So what does it mean for me at, who lives at for Christ to be in me, in me and has moved into that neighborhood? What does it mean for you? What does it mean for you? What are the implications for you being the body of Christ, a part of the body of Christ in your neighborhood? We have to get beyond quote unquote, I gotta do, I gotta, I gotta do everything through the church. And you're the church, so what you're doing is through the church. All right. What do you and 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 so in your neighborhood, Amen. What if God is speaking to all of us, and I believe God is speaking to all of us. Amen. What's your address? Where do you live? How are you impacting your neighborhood? Because in you, 
God moved into your neighborhood. Now remember, sometimes you can have some, some people in your neighborhood that's not the best people in the world. Does it mean that you have nothing to do with them? Well, well Jesus went by the, got off the boat at a cemetery. And a man came running out of the cemetery. This man was basically, he was demon-possessed. We would call him fully crazy. Because in the city, they knew he had issues and they bound him with chains and fetters on his feet, but he would break the chains so he couldn't live among people. But Jesus didn't shy away from him. Jesus went by well one day. He, I like the way the King James says it. It may not necessarily mean it. I just like the way it said it. I, Jesus, I must need to go through Samaria. I need to go. There's a woman in Samaria that has a bad reputation. She goes to the well to get water at noon because of her reputation. All of the women in the city know her because she's probably been with their husbands or tried to get their husbands. I mean, that's basically what the concept was about. She had a bad reputation. But Jesus, who moved in the neighborhood, goes by that well, meets that woman. That woman encounters him. John says, we've seen his glory. The glory as of the only Begotten Son of God, full of grace and truth. We need grace in this world today. Amen. Amen. But even more than that, we need truth. We need truth. Amen. We need truth. Our young people need truth. There's a lot of lies out here. There are are a lot of half-truths, which are nothing but lies. There's a lot of distortion. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. God wants our young people to behold his glory through his body so that they get truth. So that they get truth. This woman, prostitute, This man, demon-possessed. They encountered Jesus. All of our efforts down through the years have not been wasted. Because if they had been wasted, you and I wouldn't be here today. But I believe God is doing something different in this age. So, COVID-19 hits, sends the church in exile. (laughs) We can't come to our buildings anymore. Buildings, we paid so much money to fix up and so nice and we so enjoy the fellowship. COVID-19 hits, we can't go to our buildings. Some churches just stopped meeting all together and the only thing they did was Make sure that their members paid their tithes and offerings. They would actually send people to collect money. One guy, one guy said, 
He said, we just show up on Sunday so we can get, pe- get the people's money. Well, the bills have to continue to be paid. But why did God send the church in exile? When you study the scripture, when the church goes into exile, everywhere the church goes, people encounter Jesus. Now COVID-19 is finished and we're coming back in the building. God doesn't want us to go back to, we said this before, he doesn't want us to go back to business as usual, but it's so easy to look at the image that we know and only see the image that we know. We got to be willing to see a different image. We've got to see us as the body of Christ in the neighborhood where people can experience Christ in and through us. By now, our attitudes should have changed. By now, our behavior should have changed. I'm talking, I'm talking to, as I look around this congregation today, I'm talking to 99.9% of people who have confessed Christ a long time ago. By now, we shouldn't have some of the issues that we're having, and we wouldn't have them if we were the body of Christ in the neighborhood. So, when my neighbor sees me, they're going to experience Christ. When my neighbor sees my marriage, they're going to see Christ and encounter Christ. When my neighbor sees my children, they're going to see Christ and encounter Christ. Somebody pick up my phone and, and, and pull up my websites. They're going to see Christ and encounter Christ. Somebody opens my refrigerator at home, they're going to see Christ and encounter Christ. I've I've, I've moved beyond battling and fighting with God about what's right and wrong because I am Christ. I know that's, that's a concept maybe we shouldn't say, but we're the body of Christ. I am Christ. So there's some issues that by now I've dealt with. You know why we won't deal with our issues? Because we don't want to deal with them. We want, we want to be flawed people. There's a familiar spirit about a lot of Christians that we really, we really like the flawedness. It's common. It's familiar. It's comfortable. It's a challenge to be different. And we, we accept each other. And we call it being real. But when I look at Jesus, the realness I see about Jesus, I see God. Jesus didn't even have human DNA. So we've been born again. Not of the flesh, but of the spirit. So this new birth has no human DNA. Now my body got to catch up. Should it take me 50 years for my body to catch up? So that when people encounter me, in my neighborhood, and I didn't say this, in my neighborhood there's a grocery store. So 
in my neighborhood, when I go to Publix, people should be encountering Jesus or Walmart. In my neighborhood, that's my job. I don't have a secular job, but you get the picture. So on my job, people should be encountering Christ. Children in my neighborhood should be encountering Christ through me because of who I am, because of my God who has manifested himself in me. We don't want to think of God manifesting himself in me. We say God manifested himself in Jesus. But we're the body. We are the body of Christ. Can somebody say that? I am or we are the body of Christ. We are. When are we going to get it? Be the manifestation of God in our neighborhoods. Can you see the potential impact? Can you see? Can you see the potential impact of us, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the body of Christ, Actually, in 2023, move it into the neighborhood. God's doing his work. It's us that's left behind because of our own worldview and way of thinking. I go to church. I go on a mission. When there's a need, I ask God to meet the need. But God says, you're my body. You're my body. If I have resources, you have resources. Uh Is this making any sense? Let me me see. I'll finish this. I'll finish talking about this. But when you go home today, that Holy Spirit minister to you. Next time you think about doing something out of character, God is in you, in your neighborhood, where you live, in your house. We've heard some of this before, maybe a lot of it before, but I don't think we've connected it to God moving in the neighborhood. This becomes very transformational for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that people, not just us, we dance about the glory of God, beholding the glory of God. But because we beheld the glory and we know him, the world should be beholding the glory of God through the life that we live. Not necessarily so much so the message that we speak, but as they encounter us, think about this. I got to finish. Always be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies in you. So, so we were, I was in Liberia and, and, uh, and they were talking about, they had this group of people that's called Zocos. Zocos are, drug addicts and criminals and, uh, and uh, Bishop Will was preaching he said something about the Zocos they, they brought up a question in one of the sessions about uh, the girls getting pregnant uh, the little young girls getting pregnant out of wedlock and they were doing I said you know I was not saying anything I was just sitting there I feel like you know 
I've said enough about that at home and folk don't like it, so I'm sure ain't gonna say nothing. <laughs> and so he asked me, he said, Bishop, you are chief apostle. What do you have to say? I said, Bishop, first of all, I'm sleepy, and then I don't want Because <laughs> I was sitting there while they were talking, and my, my head was dropping. But I was listening to the conversation. I'm thinking in my mind, this is a worldwide issue. It's a worldwide problem. And I said, you talk about the Zocos, and you talk about them as if they're not created in the image and likeness of God as you are. Until you can see the Zocos as people with potential, and you can interact with them, you will never reach them. So now think about this. And it's dangerous because, you know, they're criminals. They will rob you. They will literally rob you. You think about this. You go and sit down with a group of Zocos. God moving in the neighborhood. And you develop relationship. God moving in the neighborhood. Now remember, we sing about the power in the church. We talk about the anointing. We talk about divine protection. So why you can't go to the drug house? Why can't we go and develop relationships? Maybe not necessarily in the house, but we know the people. Start developing relationships. You're not doing what they're doing. You're not even preaching Jesus. You're just exemplifying Christ. So that when someone asks you why, why are you doing what you're doing? Now you're ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. Nobody may ask you at Walmart while you're getting grocery. Especially if you don't pay for the person's grocery in front of you. They ain't going to ask you why. You know, oh, praise the Lord. They ain't going to ask you why you say praise the Lord. If you pay for the person's grocery in front of you, they may turn around and say, why did you do that? And you don't have to teach Jesus right there. Give him your phone number. Can I call you? You know, the Lord just told me to do it, and I just did it. And then maybe a conversation will strike up where people experience Christ, develop a relationship. It's happening. Trevor's car broke down in the, in the driveway not too long ago. He had an opportunity to display Christ to the Gentlemen that lived on the other side of the fence. I hope this makes sense to somebody. Because I want to be the church. I want I want people to experience Christ through me.
so that his kingdom is advanced. Somewhere along the way, somebody is going to want to know, well, what church do you go to? How did you get this perspective? Because remember now, the world has been experiencing the church. Don't think the world hasn't been looking at the church. It's, I don't want anything to do with those people over there. They're holier than thou. And then sometimes some of them act like, well, I can't say what just came to my mind, but uh, some of them act like, yeah. So I don't have anything to do with them. But what if they experience Christ through you? What makes you different? Why are you not like them? Amen. Let me stop. I'll go further. Amen. The word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Let's stand. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it does not return to you void. Thank you that it accomplishes all that you desire. Thank you that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let's lift our hands where we are. I think everybody in here has to confess Christ as Savior and Lord. If there's not, if I missed anybody, I'm overlooking anybody, you want to give your life to Jesus, I want you to give you an opportunity to do so. Every member of the body needs to catch this vision of God moving into the neighborhood through you, through me. What we do in the building doesn't matter as far as the neighborhood is concerned because the neighborhood doesn't see us. How we live every day. How our lives are managed. How Christ is manifested in our lives every day. Whatever aspect of life that we're experiencing. Father, thank you now for this message to your people. Lord, mindsets are difficult to change. Perspectives are difficult to change. Sometimes we hear things and we immediately say, oh, I know that. But God, you know what we don't know and you see what we don't see. We're not impacting the neighborhoods that we live in, nor where we are as a corporate body in a way that brings glory to you. When we come to York, we come in the building and we go home. Forgive us. Forgive us. Help us to be you in our neighborhoods, individually and corporately. Change our mindset. Help us to revisit your scriptures and see you and what you're doing in the world, what you have done, what you still are doing in the world in 2023, what you're doing right now. You've given us your power. 
You've given us access to heavenly resources. We lack nothing except being you in our neighborhoods. Bring it home to us, Lord. Help us to grasp it. Help us to be the people that you've ordained for us to be, which is your body in the earth, in our very neighborhoods. Help us. We yield to you. What we don't understand, give us understanding. Help us not to just reject it and cast it off. Help us to understand. The purpose for which we have been created and placed in our neighborhoods. Thank you, Lord. Bless us now. Oh, you've already blessed us. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for hearts to receive, for minds to understand. Thank you, God, for bodies with hands, with minds, eyes, hands, feet, so that we can put to action who we are supposed to be, who we are in our neighborhoods. It's in Jesus' name that we pray and we thank you. Amen. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.